Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Mind is the Matter podcast, where we will be expanding our minds to its fullest potential, bringing it to its peace, and healing and loving ourselves along our journey. I am your host, Alyssa, so let's get started. Good topic. Right? It's such a good topic. (laughs) What's up, you guys? I... I'm here with a really good friend of mine. She gonna tell me. We gonna talk about a lot of stuff. We gonna talk about a lot of stuff. So y'all in for a treat today. Like buckle up, buttercup. But this is Jody. Hey, how you guys doing? So kind of she's gonna be sharing her little testimony. And like I said, the topic of today's discussion is how like, so I'm trying to think where that I just had it. Ah. Like dealing, like getting out of your own. No, I'm not getting out of your own way. I just had it. It was right. Remove. Okay, there we go. Removing unhealthy habits. So she's just gonna kind of talk about like sit. Like you can talk about like any situation. Like whether that was from you know a relationship. But if you feel like the most, like where you felt like the lowest, where you felt like these, like these habits are like pulling me way back, and then obviously like reflect on what you do now and yeah. how taking away those habits kind of just shifted your mindset into being and growing more into the person that you are now. That brings you more peace. So I'm going to let you take the floor, girl. Go ahead. I'm crying. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have to preface a few things because, you know, mental health is like really important to me, but I do have like borderline personality disorder. So the testimony is going to be like pre-discovery for that. And then like eventually I'll get into like how – I changed my life and I'm like coping with all that and making it work in my life. So the lowest point in my life, I was like people pleasing. (laughs) Like like, there was something different from me, like when I was in middle school and that's like kind of like when they like diagnosed me with like ADHD and like, but the BPD part wasn't ever like acknowledged. So like I would do like, you know, self-sabotaging kind of things and I would just be living kind of in my own little delusion or whatever. And, um, you know, I would always get, like, critiqued or yelled at for that kind of stuff. And then I would just feel, like, so bad, like, why is all this happening to me and all that? And then, you know, like, childhood, like, trauma was, like, real heavy. I'd never healed from it or acknowledged any of it. This is, like, this platform, like, be as raw as you want to be. Like, if you want to talk about, like, childhood trauma – like the reason why I always say this is because I want I want listeners who will possibly go who might have went through the same yeah. thing to see and like hear your story and be yeah. like, damn, she went through that because like I didn't hold back. No, oh, okay. When I told my story, I did not hold back. I didn't yeah. hold back punches. I always put like a disclosure, like trigger warnings, like yeah. Like my friend, she told her rape story. Oh, like, okay, okay, okay. It's raw. All right, it's all raw right. Here. Then, we, okay. don't, we don't pull back the punches here. Yeah. Like so okay. if you want to go into depth about like what happened and what could have possibly like triggered yeah certain people pleasing like because sometimes people pleasers come from constant neglect like we're wanting, yeah. we're constantly yeah. wanting love and lingering for that and it's because we never received it as a younger yeah. child yeah from- and that's definitely true I feel like all my love languages that are like really like out there are the ones that I didn't get when I was younger mm-hmm. so like I'm really big on, like, physical touch. I'm not saying, like, my mom, lovey-dovey. Most of my parents, they, I know that they love me, but they don't show love like that at all. And it's like, oh. It's a lot with, like, Hispanic parents and black parents. I swear to God. My family, okay. big family. But 
And, like, they're very, like, affectionate in a way. But, like, they won't tell you, like, randomly, I love you. You're doing so yeah, good. Yeah, like, words I'm of so affirmation. Yeah. I don't get that shit. And that, like, that definitely. Sometimes it's never good enough. Yeah. You're working overtime. To yeah, that and that's exactly what that. I was doing when I was younger. I was, like, constantly in this. I just want to make my parents proud because literally everything that I seemed like I was doing myself was not good enough. So I was a people pleaser. I did what they asked me to do when they asked me to do it. I tried to, like, excel in school and all that other crap. And then it was just like nothing was ever enough because it was like going up against like the whole mental health stuff, childhood trauma, all that kind of stuff. So it was just like exhausting. And then eventually, like I got to college and like, well, high school and college, people pleasing got so bad. I was bullied because I was trying to fit in. And then when I didn't want to get fit in anymore, I got bullied for that, like being the social outcast and stuff. So it was like real crazy. And then I just like kind of like, secluded myself from like everybody towards like the end of it all and then (laughs) decided like okay I'm gonna just take a break from uh college and because I I I knew college wasn't for me at that time like I didn't address like the mental health stuff and like so you did it because like part of you part of you felt like okay if I don't go to college then one of my parents yeah like that my parents went to UF both of them so University of Florida like get go Gators or whatever but you know they they had such high expectations for me like I'm gonna be a doctor I'm gonna be this like my parents are in the doctor like you know that kind of field medical Medical field field. so it's just like and I knew that was never gonna be me and um having to break that to them like yeah I I don't want to go to school for that and basically kind of like flunking myself out because they weren't letting me do it willingly so I kind of like flunked out of my classes sophomore year so I could but you know how normal like or how often that happens like kids who are forced to go to college like my grandparents do it to me too they're like you need to go to college like in order like you live where you pay your rent and like you need to have a better job yeah it's getting cheaper which is not it's not that it's not true but it's like i if i'm gonna live my life i want to be able to do it you know in a way that is also one pleasing to god but also like something i enjoy doing like i feel like i have a purpose yeah in doing it but if you're sitting behind a desk or you're doing you're seeing patients and you're not actually passionate about your job that's gonna take you're gonna take that home with you yeah like yeah and that was not what i was trying to do i love doing anything cosmetics eyelashes hair you know the tattoos and whatnot so it's just like having to like go through that point and uh dealing with that kind of stuff they were so mad at me and then that was like the first step that i took for myself to like kind of like assert my like independence like okay look this is what I want to do. This is my life and nobody else is going to live this but me. So yes, it was unfortunate that I failed out of college, but luckily I'm like back in there doing what I'm supposed to do. I acknowledged, like I said, like the things that I was going through, like the mental health, BPD, I got it, the medicines, the ADHD that comes with that sometimes I got on it. And so like trying to deal with that, like dealing with all that, my life is like starting to get better and better. But um yeah, during the lowest point of my life, I was dating this guy. And um, this was like maybe like 2019. What a year. Fucking <laughs> year, man. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like, I, shitty ass relationship. That's when my, I think, no, 2021 was when my when my six year toxic relationship ended. Uh, and this was like a dude that I dated like while I was in high school. So it was Me like too. kind of like my first love and then you know like went off and did all this other stuff. Um 
in the army and or marines and stuff like that. Oh. <laughs> Red flag. Woo! Oh god, <laughs> but no disrespect. I mean, you, Lord, no, but yeah. no, no disrespect. <laughs> yeah. Military men, y'all Ooh. but y'all <laughs> y'all should really listen to your mental state and look at a therapist. I talked to two yeah. I talked to two different guys that were in the Air Force. Yeah. Mental state fucked. Yeah, for real. And that was like a really big thing for me. Like he was dealing with his own like internal battles that he just didn't want to address because you know, men they don't have they don't have the want to be it's the, vulnerable. Yeah, it's, and, the, it's like the want, but also society makes them feel like if you show, just like man up. If you show your vulnerable side, and that's why I also like say it on here too, because a lot of my listeners are males. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. that's what like, right. So I'm just like, it's important to be able to express these type of emotions because if you keep them bottled up, like us women, we're very emotional yeah. and we very much see, like we can see what triggers us and what doesn't trigger us. And also our, our like habits, like yeah. what are outside views in life and what, how we're responding to it and also what we're tolerating. Yeah. So like men, men are always constantly said, Oh, you need a man up. You need to do this. You can't be depressed. You can't have yeah. anxiety. PTSD is what like, no, like men genuinely have, like, I think men feel, like, their mental state a little bit, like, when it comes to their emotions, I feel like men feel it even harder because of how much they have to, like, mask it. Like, yeah. their shadow work, their mental state, like, and even how men hurt when they're in situations, like, men keep it inside. Women yeah. tend, tend, like, we tend to have more people, like, outlets to kind of vent and get all those emotions out. Yeah. Men sometimes don't have that because they're looking at, like, their friends are probably like, oh... You need a man to fuck up. Like, you acting, yeah. like, a, you acting like a bitch. And it's like, yeah. you tell a guy he's a bitch for having emotions, then you're a bitch just yeah. for telling him that he, like, he's not allowed to have it. Yeah, so even one of my followers on my account, he messaged me. He told me, like, my podcast helped him. Like, he was, about to, like, he was at an all-time low. Like, in a way, my words were helping him to, like, get some type of control back into his life to understand, yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm a man, but I also have feelings, and that's okay. Yeah, you know exactly. But yeah, so he didn't like confronting like his like feelings, but like you know, borderline is we like it's not. It's kind of like black and white. Like it's like I think this or I think that. So he he would be going through something obviously, and then I would just like drive myself mad because I'd be like, "What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong?" Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Yeah. yeah that so attachment, like, that anxious, no one is yes, atta- anxious attachment, attachment style. style. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have that. I'm so, I have I, that. Ooh, I'm trying so hard to like get into the secure part. So it's just like, in that part of the, like, that was like a big thing, like just driving myself mad. Cause it's like the what ifs or like the not knowing for me is like really big mm-hmm. and it's like, it'll drive me mad. So I like had to kind of like slow down and just understand like, okay, guys, like you said, they're, they feel like they have to like mask it all. They're not going to talk about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So it's like, why am I going to like drive myself mad? If he's saying that nothing's wrong, I should just like take it for what it is and then realize like he's going to come to me when he's ready. And so that's what I do right now as far as like going back and yeah. forth between like what toxic things I was doing back then. Yeah, like then. bad habits that you had before, like trying to push it out yeah. of somebody. And yeah. that can go either way. Like for sometimes real. people genuinely, how they process things, they can't spur it out in that moment of time, even when someone's genuinely caring and showing that yeah. what's wrong. But even myself, I've done that too. Like I've had to really set myself back and be like, like telling the person, listen, whenever you're ready, you like it's open doors. Yeah. You can come to me instead of trying to like pound and pound. Yeah, like, tell me now. Tell me tell right me now. now. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Let's no, fix I need it. an answer. Yeah. I need it. Yeah. I need it. Like, let's fix it right then and there. But sometimes, yeah. like, and yes. like, even in cases, 
like like as a Christian, there's certain things you can't fix in that moment of time. Yeah. Like you really have to just trust the process and leave it in God's hands and understand like as much as I want to fix this problem, like let's sit down, let's talk about it, let's communicate, let's yeah. fix it, let's hash it. Sometimes you really got to let people marinate though in their own yeah. ways and let them come to you. So that way the conversation can be more like there's more quality that's coming out of that conversation yeah, because they just someone's feeling rushed yeah. and they're like feeling like I have to tell them this part like yeah. this, then they're not going to really feel emotionally safe with you because yeah. women, we are a man's emotional outlet. That's the thing. So it's like a man want needs to feel safe to yeah. be able to open up to us. But if we're pushing it in a way that you need to tell me right now, like, yeah. and that's where our anxious attachment stock comes in because it's like, yeah. we feel like, Oh damn! Like you're not telling me this. Is there something wrong with me? Yeah. Why are you coming to me? Why am I not safe enough for you to right, talk to me? Right, right. Stuff like that. These, this man's over here losing his own shit, and he's like, "Now I got her." Yeah. Now, now I'm worried about what you have going on. Yeah. So that that definitely like healing your attachment style. If it's not, you know, the secure attachment style, that definitely is a step worth making because ooh we the the trouble I have. Yeah. There's like attachment and there's avoidance. So yeah, he my boyfriend like, right now, he's an avoidant attachment style. He likes to handle his things like and be on alone. his own. Yeah. Be, like being alone. And he'll just be like so thing. quiet and so for me like like he's so he's like it's like reserved. almost like two different people. So yeah, so he has like a reserved side like when we go out and stuff like I understand like he's reserved. He's like kind of antisocial, but then yeah. like some like when he's with me like we're very playful and like yeah. we just talk, 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 it's talk. So then it's just like on the mornings where like he is going through something and then just doesn't say anything, yeah, my attachment style is like like going wild. Why are you not talking? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Da 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 da. And then Your it's mind just is like, like, no, you no you're not. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like cre- creating scenarios that like yeah. might possibly be the reason why. And I just have to like stop doing that. Like what it what they're saying. You just have to take it for what it is in that moment. And then if it switches, you know, everything switches. Mm-hmm. Feelings change, you know, people change. So it's just like, all right, he's going to come whenever he's ready. But what's something else that I had to let go of? What, That's like, like, what do you think, like, childhood-wise? Because like I said, everything, I feel like healing your inner child really spurts out on how you respond to relationships yeah. and how you act in relationships. Yeah. But, so what do you think that was dire that happened in your childhood that you think just set off all of this? Like your PTSD, not PTSD, your, you know, borderline you know, personality disorder, Yeah, know, like feeling anxious around people, like feeling like you have to hold on to people because you're afraid that they're going to like, if you let go, they're going to walk away from you. Yeah. Okay. So when I was a child, um, like I said, like I have parents that are doctors, they're very strict, like to the point they had really high expectations that I just like could not meet. So they were all, they were here, like, I love my parents to death and I don't mean anything by that this if they hear this but like <laughs> they were here like we're in the room together right now right but I'm alone yeah so and the, and then you know I had my sister god bless her soul and then it was just like me and her and then like yeah my parents are taking care of us like they're feeding us like we're not left alone but like as far as like connecting or at least for me like connecting with them just like just wasn't happening as easy as possible and then you know me I knew something like I said I knew something was different about me and then my parents just weren't acknowledging it or didn't know how to acknowledge it you know you're I'm their first kid so there's like a test run Mm kind of in a way so like you know you have a sibling and then there's nothing like 
you know, there's nothing going on with them as far as like what was going on with me. And so then like they would praise her and da 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 da. And we would be like compared. Black, kind of being the black yeah, I, sheep. I told my boyfriend this like the other day. Like I've always been the black sheep, no matter what my fit. Like my the rest of my family, like my aunts, my uncles, like I just was different. Like oh yeah, she's the troublemaker. She's this. She's that. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like okay. But my parents being so strict, like, I just wanted to push to see what I could get away with, what I could, like, find my way to, like, find this loophole. And so, like, that definitely went towards, like, my adult life where, you know, you're in relationships and then you're just, like, testing the boundaries of, like, what you're able to do and, like, what get away with and what you can't and stuff like that. So just trying to, like, knock all that out. Mm -hmm is it's definitely working for me because just like i what would you try to like test like what boundaries would you try to like as a kid versus like as a young adult so like as a kid like i i would sneak out (laughs) got balls bro (laughs) i cut like you know you know like the screen on the window like and then the door used to ding whenever you open it so it's like ooh, i have to have like a window open or like so the glass lighting door was like slide like slid so like it was open enough to where the door wouldn't ding or like the window wouldn't ding when I like raised it. And then I cut a, uh, (laughs) a little flap and then I would just like sneak out. (laughs) And so like, I tried that as much as I could pushing like curfews or like, you know, like, was this like, was this like a way to like, kind of like make them look at you? Yeah. I I definitely think that was like small cries for help. Cause even in my childhood, like I think I was in seventh grade which sucks so bad it was just like I was suicidal at the time I know I used to have a transport yeah okay so I was suicidal I definitely self-harmed you know trigger warnings I was self-harming like there was no tomorrow like I I would cry all the time and it's like they would hear me and then not acknowledge me and it was just like dang so then like one time that I did like try to you know end it all was like a I'm like crying to my mom and like she's not listening I like slammed the bathroom door and I'm like you know what I just don't want to be here anymore and then she just sat there like I think I, I sometimes think, parents really don't like and sometimes they can be a reflection of how their parents were to them yeah they but and it sucks that it's like this that's why when I have children of my own I want my kids to know like if something's going wrong, listen, I'm your parent, yeah. but at the end of the day, if something's wrong, I want to be the first person that yeah. you can confide in and not feel scared to come to. Yeah. Because that can fuck somebody's child up. Like, hearing your kid, and as a child itself, because, like I felt like the black sheep sheep in my own family, too. Like, I felt like I didn't necessarily go on a rebellion, but I did the opposite. I was trying to overachieve. I was trying to, see, like, be seen. But, yeah. you know, to my cousins... It like it didn't matter what the hell I did. Like my cousins got way more over appraisal, and at the time I was living with my aunt, so I was like kind of trying to get an appraisal from my aunt and my grandparents. But my other cousins, whatever they were doing, like my one cousin now, like she's in law school. God bless her. I don't look at her like my competition, but the way I feel like the way families kind of like kind of pin you both up against each other and yeah. kind of compare, it's like you don't have anything against them, but you're sitting there wondering yourself, what the fuck do they have that I don't have? Like, yeah. What what is it? That I'm not doing yeah. that can't 
get your attention that you can't tell me for once i'm proud of you you're doing yeah. a great job so even in moments like i got bullied really badly in seventh grade too and i wanted to end it all like yeah. i was just over it like my parents got separated i was homeless i had like i had nothing in seventh grade i dead ass had nothing and i moved to Leslie chapel and you know these kids got like these like designer clothes air possible yeah. that was back in the day yeah Alistair and shit was that that was the shit mm-hmm. and i didn't have that so i felt like and i got bullied for certain things yeah and it's like to have a parent especially when you're home like visually and you're directly saying things like that as a kid like that will trigger the hell out of you and will traumatize you mentally because yeah. you're over here saying it directly and you're still not being hurt yeah like, yeah, and that was that. I was, can see how that would fuck somebody up. That was huge. That was like a huge part of like. Have you ever talked to her about that though? I try to, but you know, like older parents, like my mom is thirty years older. Like my parents are thirty years older than me, and like how they were raised was like they didn't really acknowledge like anything mental health wise. Like I know my grandma and my grandpa, they probably like never addressed that because yeah. you know I'm pretty sure like my dad has like some type of like OCD or like anger management kind of stuff that he needs to like worry about yeah. but like he didn't address it so he th- thinks everything's fine and he then you have you have kids and then you know you're doing it so they're like oh yeah this is normal this is normal for me this is normal for me and then your kid I, I spoke out about you know like this is not how I like to receive love like my parents were very materialistic people oh, like they gave you things so like oh i know i you love me because you buy me these nice fancy items that we i go could, on fancy trips yeah and i could care less but i would take about i would take uh, you i'm guys proud showing <laughs> me, yeah like i would take you showing me genuine love and showing me that you actually see me yeah just saying oh i'm sorry hon here's five hundred dollars yeah or, exactly here's a trip let's go here like yeah, no like, real quality time is great but no at the real same christmas time. presents just money thrown at you like oh because yeah. like that's even like now like i don't even know if my parents like actually know like anything about me for, yeah. real, for real other than like the stuff that i'm like die hard about so like skating mm-hmm. they know that and then like the cosmetic stuff but like other than that like if they went into the store and I said, like, I don't want money. I want you to go and just buy me a present that you think, like, I would I like or would use or whatever. Yeah, I couldn't no. tell you that they you would know, know like, anything. You know, it's insane. I think about that myself, too. It's like, how often do we live a second life outside of our family? What our family actually, what our parents actually know. Because yeah. there's things that we go through that, like, I mean, for my end, I feel like both my parents won't understand if I tell them because they never I don't there's certain characteristic traits that I don't have with my mom and the same thing with my dad like my dad he suffers with bipolar disorder so there's certain things I have to filter out from him so it doesn't trigger him yeah because if he sees that his daughter went through all the shit probably trigger the hell out of him yeah so I try to stay clear like I give him minimal like what's going on in school how's my job going I got a new car I got a new apartment stuff like that like the it's like the basics but also enough to make him see i'm doing fine i'm doing okay okay. yeah my mom on the other hand like my mom she went through her own like her own traumatic thing like she was raped Mm -hmm. by her stepfather when she was six all the way up until 12 years old and even when she got help like it still fucked with her mentally so it's like when you have a daughter like she gives me the love that you know that she can like you know she texts me every day yeah you know hope you have a good rest of your day love you stuff like that but as i got older you see, my, like, mine was, like, kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. So my mom, I was close with my mom, like, because she gave me, you know, that affection and stuff like that. But at the same time, as I got older, there's certain positions that, I mean, she couldn't help it, but the person I am now, 
I would have busted my ass harder. But then again, the way we weigh out our plates are completely different. Like, yeah. Just because you as a daughter, you know what you'll do for your future child versus what your mom. Because in your parents' mind, they're probably like, well, I'm providing. Like, as a parent, you think, yeah. I'm providing for her. I'm buying her things. I have. She has a roof over her head. Yeah. She has clothes. She got food. She's straight. Yeah. But now, as, like, generations kind of pass on, you have to pay attention to your child's mental health. Because yeah. you don't realize how you're sending them out to the world and what they're not receiving from you as a parent because those are the first people you meet yeah is your parents yeah. so if you're not receiving love if you're not receiving a like validation yeah and being seen you're going to, you're gonna seek seek that. Through yeah. a partner yeah and that that partner you're doing all your inner child is crying to your partner when yes. in reality it needs to be fixed by your parents, your parents. but sometimes in cases we don't have that closure to be able to be fixed by our parents we yeah. have that acknowledgement from our parents so that's why we have to do the inner work within ourselves. And it's hard. Like I say, mental health is something that it's a you have to do it day by day. Like you have to work on it like yourself. Yeah. And, you know, take care of yourself and protect yourself outside of relationships that could potentially be toxic to you and even more corrupt you. Yeah. That's yeah. a bitch. Like Yeah. And that was like what was going on. Like the lowest point. Like, ooh, he it's like he like kinda like flourished on it, like being like seeing me like amped up and all this other stuff like anxious like and then like like I said I was people pleasing and then mm -hmm. I don't men don't explain how they like to be loved or you know they don't like get explain into their emotions like that so I was spending money I was doing uh, okay, physical touch I was giving love any fucking possible way and it wasn't like it wasn't like he wanted to receive it I guess like it would be like oh Okay. okay thanks and then my inner child be hurt like that when i would give my parents presents oh and this happens now like my dad god bless him i love you but you give him a present it is like the most like oh thanks oh, but yeah. then it's like he's a doctor so he you can buy whatever you want so it's like yeah we try to figure out like what you can buy a man that can buy himself anything kind of but like we would put our heart and soul into like making stuff and all that and then for it to not be like oh my god thank you like i love it or anything like that it's like oh thanks, thanks. with this little half-ass hug half like hug. yeah the half-ass <laughs> hug and it's like yeah. ooh Heart break. Heart, yeah. The lowest point in my life. Heart break. Uh, at that time, yeah, I went out to a party with these people. Um, I was not drunk, but I guess like the two dudes were took me and my homegirl. Like we were asking them to like give us a ride back to the car or whatever because it was like parked like uh, yeah, a little ways right. away. Decided, oh, we're gonna drive them somewhere else. Took us to like this like park over there by like some water told me to like come out and like just take a walk and then oh like let me just walk off being drunk and then you know we'll go back and I'll take you home so never took me home you know I was just being like super naive and he like took advantage of me unfortunately mm -hmm. like 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 how I did end up like you know uh getting raped and stuff like oh at first it was just like it's fine it's fine I was like no like that's not what I'm trying to do. Like, I know, like, I said you were cute. I know we were flirting and whatever, but that's not, like, what I'm trying to do. And your people-pleasing kind of got in the way. Yes. You didn't want him to be upset with you. Yeah, so you okay. So, you know, it. like, it's, like, crazy because, like, and then you tell a happens. dude, like, oh, I don't, 
I don't want, like, I don't want you. And then, like, they could end up doing something crazy to you. Like, oh, mm-hmm. bitch, da-da-da-da. Yeah. Uh, you don't want me, and I didn't want you anyways, blah, blah, blah. And then... Or it goes opposite, and they take advantage. Like, they really take initiative and yeah. what they want. And so, Especially if you're little. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plus, and I was, like, 90 pounds at this time. So, it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm not really, like, fighting off anything. And yeah. I, I had people please you throughout this night. So, now you have, like, this false idea. And then, like... I don't want you to hurt me because, like, I'm not able to protect me and my homegirl yeah. in this well, situation. Two grown taser, men. Taser and yeah, exactly. And at that time, I wasn't, you know, just being and dumb. Time, you and, don't think you yeah. don't think about stuff like that, but it happened. Yeah, and I just, I just like, remember, like, laying there and then, like, I just dissociated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. Your body, you're, spiritually, you'll, like, it's like. Uh, like astral projection you'll leave your body yeah you know like sims like how you can like see like you're kind of like god and like you're watching these yeah. little people so like <laughs> i just like was like you know you're up, here up here and watching what's I'm, going on. yeah and i'm watching myself like on the table just like wow like look at me and then like i know that like broke something in me because it's just like it's the aftermath of like yeah what happens, like, like Something my friend told me because she was raped by her grandpa and someone else. I forgot. I think it was like someone from her neighborhood or like a guy that she liked or something like that. And it's like you don't feel it until after. It don't hit you until yeah. after when you're sitting with your thoughts and you're like, oh, my God, like that happened to me. Yeah. Like, you know, that's personally it's never I almost like I was almost sexually assaulted by my cousin's uh, the father of my cousin's child. So her baby daddy. I almost, and bro, in that moment itself, my heart dropped, pounded, ran. Yeah. Like it, like I was on complete alert. What the hell was going on? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, as times, like I said, as people pleasers, we think to ourselves, like, you know, we blame ourselves and yeah. we think to ourselves, this is yeah. my fault. I could have stopped this. I could have been more assertive, but it's like, how do you be assertive in a moment that you're still trying to find some type of appraisal for, you know? Yeah. So like. For your case, you know, just take your body. Like, it's like you mentally are trying to gain control, but you're physically, like, you're losing control. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And you're trying to, like, kind of find some type of ground on what to hold on to to have some, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, certain habits, like, having, like, uh, anxiety, having anxious attachment styles, being a people pleaser. You know how hard it is to shake that off? Like, it's hard for you to say no to people. Yeah. Especially when you know in your heart you don't want to do it, you say no. But sometimes... How we look at it is people pleasing can be like we have an upper hand in a way, because if we're people pleasing in that moment of time, yeah, we're pleasing them, but we're also keeping information away from them from about us. Yeah. So that's why sometimes we'll say we'll be the yes men and be like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And if these people like we're like natural givers and some people who are natural takers that don't know how to like who don't know how to reciprocate, they won't ask us. For things. Yeah. So there's certain information about you that you necessarily won't even have to tell another person because they're fine with you giving. And this is why, like, it, as I, as we get older, I start to realize, because, like, the last guy I was dating for two months, very much, I was a giver. Mm-hmm. And I was the one planning dates. I never received flowers. Yeah. A great guy. A great guy. Like I say, like, I think the reason why God brought him into the season that I was in before was to bring me closer to him. Mm-hmm. Like, and then after we ended, like it made me realize like, I want a guy that is a godly type of man. That's mm-hmm. going to bring me closer to God because there's no therapist out there. There's no doctor out there that can heal you the way God can heal you. Yeah. And you know, just from that situation after that, like how 
did you respond to just, you know, going through that and then like getting out of it too? So like I said, like I would like shut down and then like it built up like so many walls as far as like trust. Cause like you think like these people are your friends and like they got your best intentions and then it turns out not to be true. And so then I did go through a point where it was just like, you know, like, oh, if all that I'm, like, seen as is, like, for my body and, like, this is what, like, I'm good at. I went through, like, that point. Yep. You know what Where I'm saying? Where you kind of like, take power into your body, like, okay, if this is all I'm good at, then I'll Then I'm going to use it. it to, yeah, then I'm going to use it to my advantage. And then, you know, like, you get older and it's like, mm, mm. no, that's not for me anymore. I want you to, I want you to like me for my mind. Yeah, my like. Because the mind and the personality and the character is what keeps a person around. But some people... They only give a shit about what's on the outside yeah. and they don't care of what's actually going internally within you. Yeah. But he, I, I went to there, I started doing therapy, like actually like being consistent with like medication and stuff like that. Like, um, they said that you can heal BPD as long as like you like honor your inner child and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like things that I had to put away, like begging for people to like validate me and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like I like I said I spent so long trying to just make my parents proud make my family like think I'm like something worthy of like Mm -hmm. their attention or whatever and then I was just like you know what if I'm pleased with it at the end of the day then that's enough that's enough because for me like I used to beg people to stay in my life yeah I'm still like I'm still working on it like I said it's a it's it's a marathon not a race but like just trying to like if people want to leave my life I, but I'm getting yeah. better at it I let people leave yeah. because people who are genuinely meant to be in your life even friendships yeah like you have to be stick around. I feel like I mean as I like as I get closer to God you know people you you'll realize you have the most friends when you're wor- when you are your worst self amen Amen. Like, 2019. Like, literally, I had You will have of friends. You will have great friends. Every corner, you got a friend somewhere. Yeah. When you are professing your worst self, because you're they're they're giving they're feeding your flesh more. Yeah. And what your desires are more. Yeah. Because it's benefiting them. But the second you start feeding into your spirit and start realizing this is not me, and you start yeah. turning away from the fleshly things that you want, you're gonna see a lot of friends drop. I've lost plenty of friends. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not sad over it. <laughs> yeah. Because at the same time, like you weren't. You weren't a part. You were only meant to be here at this chapter in my life. But at the chapter that I'm going, you're not meant to come with me. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. That's why now it's more easier for me to let people go. Exactly. And hold on to people and be like, oh my god, like being scarce. Like mm-hmm. I'm never gonna have a friend like this ever again. Yeah. So I need. To, or I'm never yeah. gonna have a man like this ever again. Yeah. I don't know if there's another better man out there for me. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is as good as it gets. And that's why you stay in toxic situations because yeah. they manipulate you into believing that there's yeah. be- that there's no better yeah. than them. And it makes you scared. So that's why you pulled on. Man, I was in a six year relationship because I sat there and thought that there was some type of light at the end of the like, yeah, end of the like in a goddamn gonna, light. It's gonna get better. <laughs> no, it's not gonna get better. No, sometimes it does not get you ain't leading you nowhere that tunnel is like yeah. to hell not to heaven Seriously. you're not gonna feel no peace and that's why with friendships for relationships like you'll notice when your habits start to shift based on who you surround yourself with yeah because if your friends are validating yeah girl dress like a hoe Ooh, show your skin yeah like giving you like that appraisal to kind of just focus on the validation of what what's on the outside yeah more so be like 
there's a man that's gonna love like if a friend were to tell me like or I surround myself with friends telling me or telling you there's a man that's that's out there that wants to get to know your mind yeah you can be completely clothed and you are still going to attract him yeah that's the kind of guy that you want that's the kind of friendship that you want someone who wants to help you spiritually someone who wants to bring you to a higher being of yourself and also want better for you not and compete with you yeah because I, I learned that, you know, I, I don't drink no more. I don't smoke no more. And it's like, for me, I want to do outside things. Like, girl, I went to the fucking museum yesterday and took yeah, myself to the beach. so cute. I went to the beach and to the museum by myself. And I'm like, I wanted to see. I was like, all my my friends were either working or they already had plans. So I'm like, if I want to do something, like, I want to do something that's going to be fun. But I don't have to I don't have to smoke. I don't have to drink. I don't yeah. have to take drugs to have a good time. And yeah. something... When you have good friends like that, you don't need Yeah, you don't need I don't even go out, bro. I swear, yeah. I don't see the point of me even going out to bars, going out to clubs. It's just pointless to me because I'm like, why don't we just go to the beach? Why don't we yeah. go kayaking? Why, yeah. don't we, why don't we go to like an amusement park? Exactly. Why don't we do something like adventurous? As soon as you're on that type of time, yeah. Then you people, let me know. But yeah. if y'all want to be outside at 3 o'clock in the morning, like, I don't got the time. Yeah. I don't. Like, genuinely, I want to be in my bed by 10 or 11. Like, if I'm out to eat with one of my sisters or one of my friends, and it's, like, 1030, I'm going to be home. Yeah. I don't want to be outside. They're like, oh, what's the move? Like, bro, I hate everywhere on Instagram. What's the move? Yeah. My bed. That's my bed. what the move is. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're not, like, what happened to doing things during the daytime? So, I yeah. have to remove, like, and I noticed, like, the shift after I started removing those type of things, like yeah. I'm not going out at night. I'm not drinking no more. I'm not, I'm going to, you know, refrain from smoking. Yeah. I lost a lot of fucking friends because most of my friends yeah. like to be outside, like to drink, like to smoke. Mm-hmm. I'm not like that. Now I don't, I don't degrade anybody that is about that life, Yeah, but it's just not for me. Yeah. And if I want, if I want to see myself doing better, I have to change my actions in order to receive better Yeah, because you know, you can't expect you to hold on to your same habits and like also tug on wanting different because yeah. if you're gonna go you're gonna go in a constant circle yeah and that's what i was going through like you know i i had a roommate and we went out like every day but monday it was like monday was like taco tuesday wing crush wednesday they had like a smoking word thing on thursdays friday we were out because like we were like not promoters but like we went there heavy enough to where they were like, yeah, like we know you're going to bring a decent crowd of people Friday at Prana, Saturday somewhere else in Ivor. And then it was just like, I had as many friends as I could possibly want. And then I, I was like, dang, like I turned into like alcoholic, unfortunately, like I was just drinking my problems the way I thought I was totally fine. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you come to a point where it's like, okay, I had a, had a moment where like we got, we literally got drugged out there. Oh, I got drugged. Yeah, I got and, drugged uh, in Ebor at a bar. Not Ebor. I got drugged. Me and my friend Shoy got drugged at Jesus Christ. Oh, what's the other place? Oh my God! If there's Ebor and then there's Soho. 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 Got drugged in Soho at Bar Howard. That that was the last time. Yeah, I I, and and it's just like at that moment I was like, cause like you know you like. I knew something was wrong because, you know, if you're an alcoholic and then all of a sudden, like, you take, like, two shots and then you're like, whoa, whoa, this is not what's supposed to happen. It's like, okay, I took my friend to the the thing, um, the little alleyway. I was like, yeah, I think, like, the people, because it was, like, dudes, they bought Mm -hmm. us a drink. And the one time I don't watch somebody or I don't take the drink from the bartender's hand and I pick it up from the table. Two seconds, bro. I yeah. Swear, I seen Ooh, that shit within my, my goodness. Yeah. That is no 
took her back there and like I just remember like blacking out and then I would come back and then I'm like hey throw up just start like putting your finger down or whatever's in our whatever whatever's in our system we could possibly be able to get it out but you have to like pump your stomach yourself so like I just would black out come back she's over I see her over there I see me over there it's like whoa like we got to get our shit together and then after that I was just like yeah partying and doing this I we can't do it anymore and so after that like the number of friends that I had was gone the then like when you have no friends like you don't have anybody to people please yeah. and then it's just you and then it's like okay what would what, what do I want to do since I have to do everything alone now what do I want to do and then you have to appreciate your alone time yeah and, like liking your own company and I got I got to the point now like I'm not in a relationship but I don't want one like I really don't like, yeah I'll let listen whoever God has my husband out there praying for him hoping He's in a right state of mind, so that way when I'm introduced to him, we can be evenly yoked, and we're both serving God, yeah, and you know, doing the right thing. But like right now, I'm not seeking anything out now. Like I've learned, yeah. I appreciate my alone time. Like I appreciate it way more because I notice something. I don't think I'm even mentally prepared to actually be in a relationship because there's a lot of things about me that you know. Obviously, the person that's meant for you is going to accommodate you and yeah. going to be there for you. But at the same time, I've noticed that you know my anxiety my anxious attachment like being more like learning how to be more secure like yeah some of those things like you have to get down packed before you can actually be introduced yeah. to something that's healthy because if you're looking at things that are healthy like this is weird instead of accepting it yeah then you're gonna self-sabotage that yeah exactly yeah. but be aware of the fact like this is not the way i'm be meant to be treated like the guy i was talking to before that i was dating like the last guy i was dating you know i thought like you know at first, I'm like, yeah, he doesn't really te- he doesn't really talk to me throughout the day, which is okay. I need mm-hmm. to lean lean away from texting. When he calls me, there's more quality when we talk on the phone. Yeah. But then it started leaning towards um, me noticing that you know, homie doesn't plan anything. Like, yeah. Taking initiative. And he and all that. like makes excuses, saying, "Oh, I just moved to Florida." I'm like, you don't know what research, TikTok, all that stuff. Google. Like, Google all you have like, to do is Google. It takes Google, bro. <laughs> like you don't, you can be brand new to, yeah. to another place and still figure your way around. Yeah. So it's just like the effort there, and also mm-hmm. he's younger than me, so I had oh. to take that into place too. I'm like, you're younger than me, so you probably don't know what it's like to actually lead, but you have this mindset as you know someone who's following God. That you're meant to be a leader, but you don't have the initiative to be a yeah. leader. Like you want me to submit to you, but you're not giving me anything to submit to. Like we're yes. praying, we're reading the Bible, but you're not acting like a man that that God has intended for me. Like, yeah, the man that God has intended for you is going to bring you closer to Him and also treat you with love. You're not going to be confused. You're not going to yeah. sit there and wonder, "Is this person for me?" Like if I'm crying out to you about something that's wrong because. You know, we're not perfect. Like, we're not going to go into a marriage all built and ready. Yeah. But also understanding what, like, what your partner has and knowing how to respond to those love languages, what's missing from them. Yeah. You know, being, like, understanding and being patient. If you're not yeah. patient with the relationship, it's going to go to hell. Yeah. It's not going to go anywhere. So that's why, like, it's so important to know yourself first so that way you're not pouring so much onto another person. And yeah. like an old habit that I used to do was like, I used to shut down fast. Like mm-hmm. I just cut shit down. Like I'm yeah. like, nope, lost patience. I don't have patience no more. But there's a difference between someone disrespecting you and not and them not, you know, meeting you to where you are at mm-hmm. versus someone who is trying to meet you where you're at, but you're self-sabotaging. So you yeah. smack it down and be like, no, never mind. Like yeah. just forget it. So 
yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. but you know, what would you say now? Like, what's something that you can reflect, like, now that you do, that you feel like out of those changed habits, like, that you would say, like, younger, like, if you could talk to your younger self, like, what would you say the person that you are now? Like, if they, if they, you can go back in time and tell them, this is who I am now. Like, this is who you are now. Yeah. Um, I would definitely, well, what I would tell them to do or just like. The, or just tell them who you are now. Like Okay. What, so, yeah, I am. What you overcame. Definitely. Yeah. I'm so, so I'm a person that overcame childhood trauma. Uh, you know, I honored us little me I honored us (laughs) and I do the things that we wanted to do and we were smaller I show love the way that I wish that we kind of received it and I I hang out with people that show me love the way that we definitely needed it when we were younger we don't people please anymore we just please ourselves and God you know, I, we shadow work, we talk mm-hmm. about the things that we're going through. And you know, if the people that we tell it to don't want to listen, okay, you know, yeah, at some point, you got to throw your hands up. Not everybody is built to understand you. Um, I'm, I was committed to like, having people miss on being misunderstood. And so we got out of that. If we're understood, cool. If not, cool, too. We're in school, we're working on what we love to do, not what other people want us to do. And we're, we're just proud of ourselves, man. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. it. And it's like any like listeners that like have gone through like, you know, like similar things that my friend has gone through. It's like, understand that the light, the light is at the end of the tunnel, but it's up to you if you want to choose to see it. Because yeah. if you want to stay in darkness, that's all you're going to see. Yeah. That's all you're going to see. That's all you're going to surround yourself with. If you say that the energy is bad, the energy is going to continue to be bad. So, yeah. What you allow is definitely what will continue. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just like. What you, what you tolerate. Yeah. If you tolerate bad behavior, if you want to get yourself out of a bad situation, you have to be the person to make that decision first. Because yeah. Because you're like, waiting you also around. Take accountability for that kind of yeah. stuff. Because like you're touching a hot stove. You're like, ooh. This hurts. This hurts. But no, you keep touching it. You keep touching fault. it. It's the stove's fault for being hot. But no. You keep touching it, knowing that this is going to burn you. And then it's just like, at what point do you take accountability? Like, oop, I should just stop touching this burning hot stove and, and, and you know, find a different way about going about this. And that's right. definitely, like, some, taking accountability understanding where you were and like what you're trying to be and like trying to like connect the two of them together is it's very beneficial and if anybody listening has like dealt with this kind of stuff before like you kind of just have to like acknowledge okay this is the site I am in a cycle Mm. and you know this is how I have been trying to get out of it that has not been working and then you just ex nay those, and then you write yourself a list of what you want to try. Listening helps. Journaling, yeah, I, journaling. I tell you, amen. Journaling helps so much because, like, and like when you're writing things down and you reflect on it, because sometimes we forget what we think about. Like, yeah. Like if I write it down and I look and I reflect, I'm like, dang, I haven't been doing that. Or yeah. I been doing mm-hmm. that. And like that's why I say whenever I have people come on here to you know share their testimony, share their stories, even listening back. Like, yeah. you'll listen back to this episode and be like, damn, like, I'm, like, 
I was better then, but I'm like leveling up. Like mm-hmm. as I'm hearing this, like yeah, I'm get I'm even more better than what I was square at the standpoint that I was when I was yeah. talking. So it's like I want people to see like the rawness of people's testimonies to understand like there's people out here that go through this stuff like. Hearing people's stories, you would never think like how yeah. you, how you carry your trauma, your triggers, all of those things. You would never see that from an outside eye because the way you carry yourself and how yeah. you show love, how you show care, and that's why it's so important to continue to be that type of person, no matter what. Even if the world is hindering you down, even yeah. out of your, even outside of your own childhood, like your own family failing you. Yeah, like, because I'm not gonna lie. As much as they want to give you materialistic things and. They want to, you know, give you a roof over your head, provide or do all those things. They failed you mentally. Yeah, like the emotionally, love, yeah. The love and the emotional connection was neglected. And that's the biggest point why most children would turn away from their own children, like from their own parents, because yeah. I feel emotionally neglected. You gave me the materialistic things. You gave me what's out, what I can see. But yeah. you didn't, you didn't fulfill what is in, within me yeah. that needed it the most. Yeah. Because there's kids out here that are in shelters, but their parents give the most nourishing to them. Yeah. That they don't even pay attention what the hell is going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I see that every, I see that often. I'm like, damn, like, how is that? Like, how does that even like come? Yeah. As but, long as they feel emotionally safe, like physically safe, like that's they're not going to worry about, you know, Oh, we don't have handbags. We don't have we this. Don't have we handbags. don't have that. We don't drive the nicest cars. And yeah. Like, it is what the hell it is. But like, the fact of the matter is, is you took care of me emotionally, but now because I'm emotionally taken care of, I can, when I'm released into the world and I'm figuring things out myself, I'm connected with myself emotionally because I was where I was, where I was carried and where I was taught, I was emotionally ready. Yeah. Like, so girl, I thank you. Like, this no, is thank so you good. for having me. I love, I love doing stuff like this. I love having people on it and telling these stories. Because even myself, I learned and like, I want people who listen or even you reflecting, listening to it. Yeah. Like making yourself realize like, damn, like I went through that, but look where I'm at now. Yeah. Like it's not the end of the world, but it could have been if I allowed it to. Yeah. Like, yeah. What you think is the end or rock bottom. It's just, you know, the only place you can go is up. And I just, I was at rock bottom. I looked up and I said, God, like, please, like, I'm just going to leave it in your hands. And, and, it, and it's working. It's working. It's working. Okay. People, they say, you know, you grow up, you're small, and your parents, they say it, or, like, you go to church, and they say it all, like, just give it to God. Adult, when you're an adult, and you truly have no choice but to, yeah, you'll, you, you'll, you'll see it, and you'll also appreciate it when it happens. Yeah, exactly. So, girl, thank you again. For everybody Thanks that's for listening, me. thank you guys so much for taking the time just to listen to today's podcast episode. And, like, like I said before, you know, getting, getting out of your own way and fulfilling you know, habits that are going to be more healthy towards you instead of hindering you as a person. That's the biggest step towards fixing and healing your mindset and also healing that inner child that desperately needs it. So I will see you back here on the next episode. Have a good one. Happy Sunday. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining in on the Mind is the Matter podcast. I hope this episode along with every episode is bringing you closer to your inner peace and supports you along your healing journey. If you're loving the vibe this podcast is bringing to you and want to stay up to date with upcoming episodes, please hit that follow button and leave a review so it can help me reach other potential listeners who are eager to get to the root of their true selves. Also, my DMs are open for questions at the Mind Doesn't Matter pod, so go ahead and give that a follow as well to receive daily motivational quotes and updates on upcoming episodes. 
Continue to be patient with yourself along this journey and I will see you back here on the next episode.